Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another Black College 9 edition of our podcast series. Our podcast series always covers our HBCU baseball head coaches and the many things they do for their programs, their institution, and especially building their baseball programs. HBCU baseball has many things that are starting to flourish now. As you all are aware of, uh, the pandemic shut all of collegiate baseball down this past March, and teams are starting to crank back up for the 2021 season. And with that, the baseball, we're going to have collegiate baseball back. After more than nine months of being off, we're dying to get it back on the field. We're dying to play collegiate baseball. Black College Nines is it raring to go into reporting it and bringing it back to you. Today, we're doing our podcast with uh, North Carolina A&T University's head coach, Ben Hall. Ben Hall was named the interim coach on October uh, 2014 during the fall ball practice. He spent the full season in that role, and then the athletic department decided to make him as the permanent coach on July of 2015. The Aggies have became a, they joined the NCAA uh, Division I in 1982, excuse me. And Ben Hall has done some great things since his arrival. Uh, he has taken the uh, North Carolina baseball program from 10 wins as to, and to when they became, they won a title, the MEAC title, in 2018. Uh, and at that time, Hall was considered one of the youngest Division I coaches in the nation. And that year that he came in and he took over the program and he led the program to a winning season, he ended a 13-year, two 13-year droughts for the agri-baseball program. When they won the MEAC regular season title, leading North Carolina A&T to, to the NCAA regionals. Ever since then, the program has gone and moved forward. They have... T- their schedule, they take on a very tough schedule where they have taken on some powerhouse SEC teams and have either beaten those ranked teams or have lost those games by a one-run score. And this has been in Hall's tenure. Since he has joined the program, the baseball has really picked up its recruiting it has really gotten itself going as to where they've become a household name, especially around the eastern seaboard of where the school is located. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is an honor because it's our second time talking to a guy that I, I really like his program. I watch what they're doing closely. I think they're one of HBCU baseball better programs not just on the field, but recruitment-wise and athletic and especially academic-wise. Ben Hill is the head coach. How are you? Hey, Michael. Thank thank you for that introduction, and I appreciate the the opportunity to 
talking baseball, you know, you get to this time of year, it's, it's obviously an exciting time, and, and obviously we're all, those excitements are tempered in some form with, with all the tough things that we're going through as a, you know, at this time with the pandemic and the ups and downs and the people who are, you know, struggling out there. Uh, but, it, but in our personal setting, like you said, we, we're all Jones and for a lot of baseball, and uh, everybody is, is obviously excited to uh, to get back going, get in class, and get out on the practice field, and you know get get this new year started, and you know hopefully uh, have a great season in, in everybody's case. So. Well, coach, you have to understand Black College Nines. We enjoy the the programs the baseball program, and the head coaches. So it's an honor that you are able to do this with us and us to present your program. With that being said, you guys are just coming out of uh, fall practice. How was it going from March not being able to play and then not knowing that you were even going to have a fall ball? How it, how did you manage to get through to that? Yeah, well, it, 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 I think the... The word of the year is, is patience. I mean, I think all of our patience has been pushed to the limit. And, and us as baseball coaches, we're all wired very similarly. And we we all want to go fast and we want to hurry up to wait. And, you know, we want everything done as, as quick as possible. And, and this was a year where we really, you know, you had to step back and, and kind of just be patient and uh, think about other things. And, and so, you know, I think this summer was, it was definitely difficult. I think, uh, we found a lot of positives within it. You know, I think uh, like our, my assistant coaches, my, uh, our pitching coach got to spend time being dad, you know, for the first summer of, of his son's life. So, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't on the road, you know, every weekend all summer. You know, I know coaches really enjoyed that opportunity that they were able to spend with their families. Uh, but, but, the, but the time waiting and the time away from our kids is definitely the, was definitely the most challenging part. And, you know, going through the ups and downs and, and, you know, hearing good things through the summer and then you have a year a week and you hit a week and you know, everything you hear was, was negative and, and then you have a two weeks of good news. And so it, it, it definitely, you know, pushed your stress buttons. And, you know, but I think, uh, you know, we all knew that in some form, at some point, we will start to work back towards some normalcy. It's just a matter of when. And, you know, and how much we as a country, you know, are able to grind through this, this terrible time we're in. So, uh, you know, patience and and just trying to stay connected with our kids as much as we could, even though they were at home, and support them in any way we could uh, because everybody had their own challenges. Uh, and, you know, and, and in the end, trust in, trust in our leadership. I think that was in the next one. You know, our athletic department almost moved mountains and earth and, and, and earth this summer in preparing for this fall. So, you know, every time we got a chance to talk as coaching staff within the AT Athletic Department with our athletic director, and you know, we had two, a, a couple of Zoom meetings with the, with the Chancellor, Chancellor Martin, and, and everything that we were hearing and seeing, you know, just gave me a lot of, a lot of confidence and a lot of, of, uh, of trust that, that, you know, they were putting us in good positions to um, get back and be able to do something in some form, you know, this fall. Well, how have your your your, uh, your players taken it? How have they adjusted? And then having to come back to camp and still with the uncertainty. Right. Yeah. I mean, they. You, I tell you, kids, young people are resilient. 
they really are. Um, you know, I think there was definitely a time when that when you know when they first shut the 2020 season down, and there was a month or two hangover where you know I, I would definitely say our guys were in were not in a great place mentally. A lot of them were were pretty down. Some kids, you know, thought they'd never play the game of baseball again, and and that's a heavy thought process, you know, for that to hit. But uh, but the, the the ability to communicate. You know, to have the Zoom meetings, to continue to uh, refer information to them, to reassure them that it's going to be okay. Uh, you know, when, when you do get back in the fall and, you know, you're walking all these guys through the through the obstacles that they're going to have to go through to do what they love, uh, you know, it really, it really is a testament to young people who are, who are dedicated to, you know, to being great student-athletes, you know, disciplined kids and, you know, they're following protocols. They're you know they're not going and doing what what we all did as college students, and and trying to do everything they can to protect you know our opportunity to play. And so, you know, I think it, it was it's definitely been a big challenge. But I think it you know the character of, of college baseball, and I and I speak on behalf of our coaches. I think all of our kids in some form have had to really express you know some big time character to to kind of uh, set their lives on hold be able to do, you know, what we all love and hopefully, you know, produce a baseball season this year? Well, the NCAA has granted eligibility status. that They extended it. And you, last season, you all were just starting to, your team was starting to gel. You were starting, I, we could see you all pushing forward and then you started off slow, and we could see the momentum. And if the season would have gone on and completed itself, I think big things would have come from the program. But because the NCAA granted uh, additional eligibility because of the pandemic, you guys are bringing back your entire roster, including the seniors that were been there for four years and have really helped the program. I personally think that this is going to cause you all to sit at the top of the conference. You're bringing everybody back. And I think that with those starters and, and the bench that you have, you're going to be a team to be reckoned with. Well, I, you know, we, we definitely are excited. I mean, I, you know, would be the first to, to tell anybody, I, you know, I love our guys. We, we have, we've got some kids in the program that, that we definitely didn't want to see go away. You know, and gradually move on the way the season was cut short last year. So, you know, you have to really tip. You know, obviously, I've said it many times to people. We you know, really tip our cap to, to our administration uh, because they they recognize how important those young men are to our program. You know, the seniors. And uh, besides the fact that they're great players and probably the top end of our roster in ability and talent, but um, you know. Uh, they, they, our administration really supported me in that in that request to, to do what we needed to do to bring those guys back because uh, there's a cost associated with that. You know, there, there's a cost associated with you know honoring those guys' scholarships for another year. Uh, but it worked out. You know, obviously, the NCAA did the right thing. And, uh, there's going to be a lot of bumps and bruises to get through. You know, some of the roster things that are going to affect college baseball over the next year. But uh, in the end, you got to do what's right. And that's what we try to do by our guys, and, and obviously they're great players. So that 
you know, that just gives us that really neat opportunity that many teams in college baseball are going to have this year uh, to have, like what I was explaining to somebody the other day, you know, our freshmen that came in this year, on a normal year, you'd be telling the stories of how good your senior class was last year and trying to impart wisdom on them about, you know, what Dustin Baber did for our program and how consistent he was. And, you know, Michael Johnson, who was a former walk-on in our program, earned a scholarship and that and has been our Friday night starter for two years, you know. The neat thing is, and it's kind of a silver lining in this pandemic, but our freshmen, our new kids in our program get to see that in person now because those kids are back. And and that's really creating a really unique, fun experience and it's gonna require patience. It's going to, you know, there's more guys in, in the locker room than have ever been. But uh, yeah, we we've got an exciting group and, and we were very fortunate to be able to bring our whole recruiting class in and, and return our seniors and, you know, not have to, to do uh, things to the roster that we don't want to do. And, you know, we talk about cut players and things like that. Um, so very excited about the depth and the leadership and the experience and, uh, you know, and obviously the talent level. We've we got some kids that can really play at a high level, like you said. And, uh, we definitely love every challenge that we can put on paper against them, for sure. With that being said, how is it, or should I, I should say, what's it like to practice in a mask? Yeah, it, I mean, you, you, we get, you get used to it. Uh, obviously, I mean, everybody knows. You, I mean, it, I, would, I would say there's a lot of people out there working harder jobs in a mask all day than, than us in college baseball, uh, but... Uh, you know, it, it's a habit thing, and you know, starting the fall, you got you got to remind, hey, you guys, keep your mask on. We're stay away from each other. You know, you, and it's just that constant reminder because you know, baseball, baseball players are tight. It's a close knit group, and you go to any locker room, and those guys, you know, they're they're not conditioned to stand away from each other. You know, they they, they baseball is a is a is a people sport, and so. Uh, you know, when, when those guys are going full speed and they're going hard on the field, you know, they, they can take their masks off. Uh, but if they're not in play, if they're, you know, uh, wait, you know, standing outside the tunnel, if they're not in action on the field, you know, the mask's got to be up because uh, we just, you know, like like everybody's saying, that every piece of mitigation we can do just, just protects our opportunities. So, but it's not easy. It definitely is not something that, uh, that you take lightly for sure. Well, Coach, I want to talk about uh, you uh, and, and your coaching style. You were a hitting instructor, and I, 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 I might add that a pretty good one because when you were hired, your team was hitting under 250, 245 to be exact. Since your arrival to Aggieland, you guys are hitting in the 300s. Your batting average is has been above 349. What is your and I'm, I might be taking some teams off here, but what is your uh, what, what 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 makes you a really good hitting instructor? Well, I don't I don't know if I'm that good. I, I think there's been years here I, I felt like we should have been much better offensively. Um, you know, I think any anything that anybody has success in, you know, takes passion. And um, I was very fortunate to work to 
play for some really good coaches and work for some really good coaches. And, um, you know, it, I think a lot of it is just keeping things simple and uh, trying to help these guys become their, their own best coach. Uh, there are some things that, that we stress uh, when it comes to fundamentals and repetition and, you know, drill work and uh, approach and, you know, that, that you're not going to go throwing out that you keep for yourself and your program, but I think that uh, a big part of, of our success has been culture, you know, uh, establishing a culture when I first got here that, you know, it's, it's unacceptable not to be good offensively. Uh, it's unacceptable to be unaggressive. You know, it's, uh, it's unacceptable to take a first pitch fastball for a strike. You know, a lot of mentality things that that if you change the mind, you can convince the mind that, that, that I'm a better hitter than, than maybe my physical says I am. And I, and I really work at the, the, this path that coaches set up for me. Uh, you put them, to, you put them together, I got a chance to be a pretty good hitter. And, and that's really all we try to do. We just try to, we, we spend time on it. We hit every day. That, that's a big part of it. Uh, if you're a high school coach and, and you don't hit every day, it's, it's tough to, to convince me that you're going to be a good offensive unit. The other thing that, that I have really tried to do here is, is to not uh, kind of like that, be a one-trick pony where you just you only win in one way. You know, you really want to you want to be good in, in every offensive facet. So, um, you know, we want to if we've got a chance to score a lot of runs that day, we want to put it, you know, it's ball defense and, and, and we'll win big innings. And, but Obviously, in college baseball, you're not going to win like that every night. And so, being being fundamentally sound and being able to win a two-run ball, two-one ball game, and being able to out-execute the other team, and uh, you know, use the bunt game. You know, I think a, a lot of baseball is, is really vilified the bunt. And you know, I just I don't believe in that. We if, if we have to bunt and drive a run in to win a ball game, that's what we're going to do. Because, uh, uh, like I said, you're, you're Somebody gets out of the mound on Friday night, he might be better than every one of your hitters. And you're going to have to find a different way to win. So uh, just just being really diligent and sticking with a plan, giving our hitters a direct plan and, and a goal to reach for, and, and to continue to guide them. I, I think that's probably the last thing I'd say that, that I think makes our coaching staff good. Uh, you know, we don't give our, our guys a, a target and then just hope they get there one day. Uh, we give them a target and we we coach them until they get there. And if they don't get there, then we, we find another way to get them there. Uh, and that's just how we do it. That's how my, my bosses that I've worked for before taught me to do it. And if we, if we ask a, uh, one of our players to do something or to make an adjustment, we're, we're going to coach them through that. So. Well, you just said that you, you the people around you were the ones that uh, were able to educate you on baseball and getting uh, your style of play together. Was that from your days at Clemson? Because a lot of our fans don't know this, that uh, Ben Hall was a, a player at Clemson, an ACC baseball powerhouse. Yeah, I, I definitely... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say HBCU baseball. I meant to say a collegiate baseball powerhouse. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, playing for Jack Leggett, you know, is, is in ABCA Hall of Fame and was my coach at Clemson. And, you know, it's definitely, you know, the, I would say the most influential person on in my uh, path to being a, a coach. And, 
you know, I always tell our guys, is, is, you know, if Coach Lake were to walk in, he, he would recognize a lot of things that, you know, that I was hearing from him when I was a player. Uh, but but it but it is, it goes so you know your your baseball acumen the things that you learn go all the way back to you know to your formative years and I mind I'm, I you know, I I really value the time I have with my high school coach I was very fortunate to have a to have a very um, good high school coach that produced a really good culture um, I played at, at Daytona State Community College for Tentuma and um, learned a lot from his tenured experience across all levels of college baseball. Um, I got to play my freshman year at Stetson University for another Hall of Fame coach, and Pete Dunn. You know, so um, I was very fortunate to kind of walk a, I guess you could say the path less traveled, because I transferred a few times, but I was very fortunate to play for some, some remarkable, remarkably successful head coaches. Um, you know, and then that's not even counting that opportunity to start coaching yourself and you know, get my first job under Alan Osborne at Wingate University, who was a huge influence on, you know, what I'm doing as a coach beyond the playing days. Uh, you know, the time I spent at Winthrop with Tom Regina. So just fortunate, fortunate to be around good people who did it the right way. And, you know, uh, if you're successful, we all know that, you know, you, you've got good guidance from somebody or a lot of people. To, to help you get started in the right direction and to do things the right way. So, so you're, 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 is it safe to say that you were uh, raised up in Florida? Because Stetson and, and Daytona Beach Community College, they're here in, that's, they're Florida schools and they are big time baseball programs. Yeah, I, I grew up, I grew up in Daytona Beach. So, uh, I'm a Daytona Beach, Florida native and, um, uh, Right there uh, in, in the same hometown as Boone Cookman, and so I, you know, I love my hometown and you know, always miss being in Florida. But uh, man, if you're not going to be in Florida, uh, I always say anywhere in the southeast is a, is a really close second. It's not a one A one B as far as baseball goes. So uh, I sure have loved the time I've spent in Carolina, uh, for sure. But, but yeah, they want to be Florida native. Well, well, it's and I, I might be getting in trouble for saying this, but. Once the Bethune job became open, why didn't you take that? Why didn't you uh, throw your hat in? Yeah, well, I, I tell you, there's not much more I could ask for than what, than what we've got going on right here, you know, at A&T. Good answer. Um, you know, and I think that's, you know, when you've got something good going and you've got people that are loyal to, to what you're doing and your, and your vision for the program, uh, you know, that's, you, you want to see those things through. So, it, it, you know, uh, there was never really any contact one way or the other. It was it was just um, you know not the right opportunity for for me at that time. And um, you know and we, I think we've been very fortunate to to be able to do what we're doing at A and D and obviously get the opportunity to keep doing it. Well, I threw that in because finding out that you're, um, you um, grew up in Daytona and uh, Bethune Cookson is located in the heart of Daytona, so I had to. Uh,
going to get back. But uh, but Johnny, you know, they've, they've got to do a good job, and I know they'll they'll have that place rocking again here very shortly. I'm sure. I, I think so. In a matter of a few years. But yeah, absolutely. But moving along, how is it uh, the your athletic department and administration uh, allowed you to build your program? Considering there are some changes coming about. No, you're fine. It's considering there are changes coming about. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, we, we just if you if you really take stock of our athletic department, it, it, it is it is about leadership, and it starts at the top with our chancellor, Carol Barton, and, and our athletic director. You know, obviously the uh, the leader that I that I talk to and refer to all the time, Earl Hill, right? I mean, you can put any athletic director on a list out there. I'd put him up against anybody. He, he is he is just he's special. Uh, so uh, it, it sets the culture within our department. It sets the culture within our university of, of success and expectation of success. And if you expect to succeed, you know, there, you're going to have to have things and resources and opportunities to succeed. And so we, we all as coaches in all of our sports are – are very fortunate to have a very close knit culture within our department amongst coaches and administrators, and uh, a very good synergy. And that, that, like I said, that, that really comes down from from Mr. Hilton and what he how he manages our department as a whole. But just that just that opportunity of support and uh, motivation and the right motivation, but also freedom to do your job, you know, and, and the ability that, you know, if he sees you doing things the way that he would expect it to be done, you're free to go do your job, you know, and, and so that trickles down and it gives coaches confidence and, the, you know, freedom to do what they need to do to be successful, and I think that's why you see such success happening in our athletic department, from track to football to, to women's basketball, men's basketball, and our programs in baseball. Um, we just got a really supportive university, a really supportive uh, set of leaders and, and departments that really gives us the, you know, the tools and the and the confidence and the support, you know, to go do, you know, what we what we have to do to to raise the caliber and the level of our programs. Well, I mentioned to you that a change is coming about. The North Carolina A&T has decided to join the Big South Conference. They are moving to a uh, one of the subdivisions of the uh, FCS Conference, uh, a mid-major powerhouse conference. What brought about that change? And I think it's better for the baseball program because it's giving you... North Carolina A&T has always had a, a good program. Uh, and North Carolina A&T is one of basically one of the top sports uh, programs for HBCUs, and that includes not just baseball, but the other sports. What brought, what brought about the change is that we're in 2022. This is your last year in the uh, MEAC conference. So what brought that change, in, and how would this grow your program? Yeah, I, I, you know, I... I don't know that I have the exact answers of what brought the initial decisions and change. I think um, a lot of what, when you, 
get the opportunity to talk to our leadership and where their vision is for all of our programs, you know, not just one sport. I think that's one of the big points that was made to us when when this became a reality. This is a athletic department opportunity to increase our opportunities for our student-athletes across all sports to to really advance our program in the direction that we, we are currently advancing. And um, you know, I think a lot of times athletic departments get very football-centric or, you know, you know basketball-centric and, and for, for due respect, you know, those, those are revenue sports, those are highly, highly important sports, but I, but when you get a chance to meet, talk to Mr. Hilton and, and Chancellor Martin, you know, they, as much as they love and talk football, they, they want to know how we're doing in baseball. You know, they want, they want to know where our direction is in softball. Uh, they, they want to provide volleyball the opportunity to become a, a regional or, or a national brand, you know, to win championships and at some point win national championships. And so I think that you know, really it was just a uh, just that, that that right time for where we are and where we want to go as an athletic department, and it was the right move for us and where we hope to be in the future as we continue to advance all of our sports and our athletic departments as a whole. I think to your point. Um, yeah, the Big South is, is definitely a, a move up in baseball. It's not in a sense, in just in a sense of RBI. The conference RBI is obviously a different place than where we've been in the past. So it's a challenge. Um, you know, it's, you don't just roll out of one conference and into another and, and just roll out of bed and win. Uh, so, you know, there are a lot of things that will have to happen as we continue to grow for us to be as successful there as we have been in recent years here. Um, but the good thing is, is we're on that growth trajectory. And if we had made that move or if we hadn't made that move, we'd still be making that same growth trajectory. So uh, all the things that we are doing within our program and that the administration is, is setting up for us to do in the future are all the things that are going to help us ensure our success and help us to, you know, go accomplish the goals that we set for our program. And, and they're lofty. They're very lofty goals. We, we want to create a national brand. When I when I got this job, we talked about in, in Mr. Hill's office that I felt like the North Carolina AAT could be a top mid-major baseball program. And uh, so that's what we're continuing to, to push for, to be that consistent winner. But, um, you know, you kind of you, you have to answer the questions at times. We obviously don't talk much about the Big South right now because that's not here today for our guys. Um but, but it is, you know, as a coach, we're working in the immediate and we're also preparing for the future. And so it is an exciting opportunity uh, as we move forward you know, able to be able to implement all the things that you hope uh, that it will help you do from, you know, the ability to, you know, broadcast our games, you know, uh, through the Big South Network, ESPN. Uh, and I think that's something really neat. It's a neat aspect for all of our Olympic sports uh, to access once we get there. Well, over the years and under your tenure, you played a lot of those uh, uh, school, a lot of those schools, their, their baseball programs. Uh, I mean, you scheduled Longwood Presbyterian. You've also scheduled High Point. So you you you're pretty familiar with these programs. But the conference, the Big South, five years ago, well, they they recently left Coastal Carolina, which 
won an NCAA national title came from the same conference. Right. So my yeah, they, they, it, 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 it's a good league, and uh, it, it's a travel-centric league. So you know, the, the, the teams are all within four hours' drive of our campus. So it's a very good fit. And it's not, and I, you know, they talked about it in our in the the uh, press conference. It, it's a it's an academic research fit too. Uh, but in a baseball sense, uh, yeah, we, we are very familiar with those programs. I was fortunate to coach in the Big South for three years when I was at Winthrop. And our pitching coach, Jamie Servers, played at High Point, you know, coached at High Point, was a, was a recruiting coordinator at Presbyterian for a couple of years before he came to AT. Uh, so they're very familiar, very familiar with the coaches. And, um, yeah, I mean, they produce national champions, like you said. And, and those teams have history of winning programs. So uh, it's definitely exciting for for the competition and, and the opportunities that it presents. And, um, but we are familiar with them. Obviously, when you get into conference play, you, you, you get to see a different. You get to see them on a different day. We typically are playing them on a Tuesday, so playing them on a weekend will be a little bit different. Seeing you know their top end arms and, and things like that. But uh, the way I the way I always say it, they get to see our top end guys now too. So. That's the fun part, and that's why we love competition. Well, to start winding this podcast down, your play on the field for the 2021 season. What can we look for? What can we expect? Uh, you bring it like we spoke of earlier in the podcast. You're bringing everybody back. Is there anybody new that can uh, help your scout team out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we. You know, I think, like I said earlier, we were fortunate to bring our, our all of our you know seniors back, but but the recruiting didn't stop, and so um, you'll bet there'll definitely be some new blood in the program and some guys at the competition level very high, um, you know. But uh, you know, just to name a few, I mean, we we've got a couple kids that have transferred into the program, position players that you know are really going to inject some some offensive ability to what we were even doing at that. At, at the point last year, a uh, young man named Xavier Bussey, out, uh, outfielder, a really talented player uh, from right down the road and in the Raleigh area. Um, you know, went to South Carolina out of high school, went to Juco route, and came here. Uh, and then we were able to pick up one of his good buddies. We've we got a couple kids in our program that play travel ball together, and we, we were able to kind of reunite them all here. But uh, Cameron Brantley, a left-handed hitter that you know, went went to another Division One school in our state, a big one, and you know, decided to, to you know go look for other opportunities and found his way here. Um, you know, there's we've got a freshman arm that, that you know, Coach Server, you know, he, he starts talking about it and he gets giddy. Uh, but Xavier Meacham is a really exciting young freshman arm in our program. I mean, big physical kid. You know, he's got a power arm. He's got to shoot 94, 95 almost every time out in the fall and. You know, there's still some seasoning coming, and he's got to learn pitch and use, you know, use everything he's got. But, but man, the future is really bright for him. And, um, you know, and so but again, a lot of the things that, that you get excited about too are some players maybe that didn't quite have the the role last year that a year of growth has given them this year. We 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 got a left-hander in our program that's this this would be shoot his third year of program, Peyton Weinbarger. And, and he's, he had a really special fall, really special fall. I mean, you know, got his body in shape and, 
his velocity's up a couple miles an hour and just really deceptive lefty, mid to upper 80s lefty. And so, uh, you know, I could take up your whole podcast bragging on our guys, but uh, they work really hard. There's definitely going to be some names, I think, that pop out there. Uh, but I think what what's going to make us good this year is, is doing what we've always done really well, and that's, you know, that's pitch on the front end, throw a ton of strikes, our pitching staff, just we throw a ton of strikes, we don't want guys, and um, that would be a, a hallmark that we need to maintain this year. Uh, we've got what I feel like is the best bullpen combo in the country, uh, in Leon Davidson and, and our closer, Evan Gates. Uh, there's not, I, don't, I wouldn't take two better arms out there over those two guys, and, and we played really good defense. I think last year when they cut the season off, we were fielding 979. I think we, you know, we had only made two or three errors in the whole infield for 17 games. So, you know, pitching and defense, we all, everyone knows that baseball, and that's what gets you to the promised land. And, um, if we do that every day, you know, your offensive ability, your guys that show up offensively will start to come. And, and I think, you know, that'll be the question that we kind of answer as the first part of the year goes, kind of who's in what roles offensively. But, uh, but I would expect us to be very consistent defensive and pitching team. And, and then we'll go out and compete at a really high level and, and try to beat people in any way we can, we can draw up. Well, with that being said, coach, I know things didn't go well for the, uh, a few years ago there, and, and we're, we're working on it now. We're working on an HBCU baseball national championship. I, one is much needed. I, I, I know that kind of hurt you guys because you guys were prepared to go to Chicago to play the game, and then things kind of fell apart at the last minute, and that would have been a bitch uh, starter. It would have jump-started HBCU baseball in a way it was never seen before. We need an HBCU national championship. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in any opportunity, you know, we all have to support each other and to push each other to to be to keep raising our programs. I think it's important. Um, I mean, it's it's vitally important. You know, it's not important. I mean, uh, we are we are the pathway for uh, the minority baseball player. I mean, we 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 are that that place that that safe place for those guys to um, get the best education they can get and compete, you know, in baseball at a really high level. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing. I think there's, you know, whatever we can do to to link those SWAC teams with MEAC teams, or, you know, or us a big South team now in the future, in the future or, you know, with Cookman and FAMU joining the, the, the SWAC and being able to cross the, the distance and, you know, introduce the, those teams to our, the, the teams on our side of the country and, you know, continue to create competition with each other. And I think it's hugely important, huge. And um, we communicate a lot. You know, definitely there's, I think, you know, there's definitely those games that we try to work on getting even early in the season. So, you know, you hope in some form that, that, that you can, we can, you know, that, that stuff can happen. Um and it's a lot of tough scheduling, difficult. So there's a lot of moving parts to getting that kind of stuff done. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I know our guys enjoy, would have really enjoyed that opportunity to really test, you know, your team versus the with the other so-called, you know, the SWAC champion or came you the champion out of our conference at the time. Uh, that's what, it definitely means a lot to the program for sure. 
Well, Coach, is there anything else you would like to share with us regarding your program? Thank We encourage, you know, the, the, the young kids out there who, you know, want to play college baseball to come to an HBCU. I think that's what every HBCU coach is, is really uh, striving for right now as we, we look to grow our programs. You know, I think uh, that's the next step for, for our program. You know, we want uh, we always recruit kids who we feel like are a fit for our university at, at all levels of our roster. Uh, but I think we can all attest we want to we want to be able to recruit the best player in the country who A and T the best fit for. And I hope and pray we can move ourselves and, and continue to open that door and convince some of those higher level players that uh, that they're best fit. You know, as an HBCU. So we look forward to to helping you know get that trend started. Well, I'm constantly telling these young kids, because I go to a lot of the non-HBCU games as well as HBCUs, especially Miami, the Gators. Uh, I, I don't, it's too far up for me to go to Florida State games, but I do. when they do come down, I make their games. And I make all, a lot of baseball games, uh, FAU, FIU. And I'm always telling these uh, weekend, uh, you know, midweek starters, hey, you want to become a starter? Try an HBCU. podcast with us the door is always open uh, I love talking baseball with you uh, I love things that's coming out of North Carolina A&T I follow the program pretty much um, but I would you know and don't take this wrong but I would st- hopefully strongly advise you to keep recruiting here in Florida there's a ton of talent a ton of it yeah we, we got some good players on our roster from Florida we uh, really excited about our guys, and we've got actually we've got three young men in the twenty-one class coming to Florida. Pretty excited about. So yeah, definitely in final state. We we'll never forget about that state uh, for sure. And 
appreciate you for having me on, and you know, uh, I would be remiss to say, I'm, hopefully, we'll, we'll be able to catch up at the end of the season. You know, to be able to talk about some postseason baseball. That that would be the, the goal. So, yes, that would because. Uh, I think it was three years ago. I was uh, you guys played for Thune and for Thune, and I was at the game, and I couldn't make it down to the field. I couldn't tell anybody because I had so much going on that day, and and a lot of my baseball writing. So by the time I was able to finish what I was doing, and then you guys had jumped on your bus, and then I think you guys were headed for dinner or something like that. But coach, it's been a pleasure. Uh, this will happen again. Uh, God bless you and God keep you. Thank you. Have a good one, Michael. You do the same.